Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you. If you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years, there is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Welcome to a special edition of the AR-15 Podcast. I am JD. We are uh, taking a, a quick half an hour of your time today to talk to Mission 22, a service that is uh, reaching out to help our veterans that have come back from overseas and those that are struggling in our communities. Uh, A little bit different than what we normally do, but extremely important, uh, especially as uh, we have Veterans Day coming up. This may release the day before Veterans Day or on Veterans Day, uh, but we thought it was a a pretty awesome organization to uh, make you guys aware of that's uh, making a difference for veterans all over the country. So with that, uh, we're going to jump into the interview, and thank you for joining us on a special edition of the AR-15 podcast. This week, we're talking to Brad Hubbard. He's with Mission 22, and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you guys this interview. It's different than what we normally do being focused on AR-15s and the firearm platform. This is something about serving the veterans in our community, and Reed and I find it very important to shine a spotlight on Mission 22 today. Brad, thank you so much for being with us on the AR-15 podcast. Ah, Thanks for having me. Brad, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? All right. So I am a uh, combat veteran myself. I served six years in the infantry, Uh, served one combat tour, uh, 2003-2004 in Iraq. And then once I got out of the service, um, I had my own PTSD and uh, somebody else helped me help me out. So that's why I got into uh, Mission 22. As they helped me out, I wanted to uh, better serve others myself. Now, give us a just a quick description before we jump into the meat and potatoes, a quick description of Mission 22. So Mission 22, uh, we have three aspects. So one is social awareness. Without awareness, nothing can change. Uh, two, our war at home memorial. And three, our treatment uh, options for veterans to get into for PTSD and TBI. All right. Now tell me, Brad, how did this all come to fruition? Whose idea was it? Uh, tell me the, about the start of Mission 22. So the three founders, uh, Magnus Johnson, Mike Kissel, and Tom Spooner, um, got together. Um, they had their own struggles and had own, uh, had other veterans that they knew committed suicide and essentially they looked in the mirror and asked themselves, what are you doing to help others? You you know, we were, they're being blindsided by their own issues and they wanted to see what they could do to help each other. So like any other business or nonprofit started out of a garage and coming up with ideas on how we can, um, how they can help other veterans be part of the community to be part of that healing, to be able to share their stories and not suffer in shame. So where that came about is they created a first monument called soaring in Nashville, Indiana. And they got together with the local politicians and the local veteran and the local city council group and pulled all these people together to create this monument of 22 leads, because at the time, 22 veterans committed suicide was the number put out by the VA. So it got all these different communities together 
that wouldn't have necessarily gotten together and empowered these veterans to be part of something bigger than themselves to show the community what was going on and to be a national monument because you literally if you take nothing and you create something it becomes infinite and they're all part of that journey and then from there um growing and uh knowing getting out there talking about 22 veterans commit suicide every day started realizing not a whole lot of people know about this. So social awareness took off all around the country. And with that, it became the War at Home Memorial, which is a memorial of 20,000-pound um, pieces of steel with cutouts of silhouettes of soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that have uh, taken their own lives through uh, suicide with the uh, family's permission. And it shows how big the problem is and how much empty space that it leaves. So with that, we can spread awareness and put it in a community so veterans don't have to hide in shame and we can put closure to uh, suicide and hopefully help others. So that'll be a traveling monument. And then from there, um, we got into treatment programs as we're getting bigger like, okay, so we're talking about awareness. What's the next step? So the next step was endobiogeny, which is a more holistic uh, type of treatment. Eastern medicine meets Western medicine, where if a um, veteran wants to get off medication or wants to start feeling better or if they got um, adrenaline fatigue or they the, whatever the case may be uh, you get a personalized care with a doctor that cares and the veterans can do that anywhere in the country uh from your house via cell phone or skype and then we have the veterans rehab project which is in fayetteville north carolina which is a hyperbaric chamber type of therapy for traumatic brain injury uh, TBI and also post-traumatic stress disorder along with massage therapy and PTSD counseling. So, um, and beyond that, we partner with different veteran organizations because we know one shoe treatment doesn't fit all. So if there's something we don't offer, we can sponsor the veteran into that different type of treatment. What type of support do you guys have uh, right now as of 2017? So we we got a ton of support. I mean, the local communities are backing us. Um, we created an ambassador program where those ambassadors aren't being micromanaged and they're able to do what they need uh, to do within the communities. So veterans and civilians are part of these ambassadors and they're bringing that culture together. Um, so And we're getting a lot of support through that. And we get support through... Uh, Folks like Fresh Times um, and uh, Rock Castle Shooting Center. So we are getting a lot of support from the communities out there. Now, this isn't just something that's in one location in the United States. This is something that's countrywide, right? Yes. So we are decentralized. And the reason for being decentralized is, is we don't have an office, so we can put the money back into uh, the veteran programs. Currently, uh, it's 89% uh, of the dollar goes straight into the uh, veteran programs. That is a, a pretty significant stat when you think about it. I, I work for a nonprofit, so I know what um, – Nonprofits, you know, put back into their product, whether they're they're serving or in a ministry aspect. Eighty nine percent is uh, 
astounding when you think of the percent of the dollar um, going back in to help veterans. Um, have you seen it make a difference in the lives of those that you've come across uh, in your with your involvement in the Mission 22 project? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, some of the veterans that we've gotten into the treatment have, uh, you know, I've gotten comments like I was able to go to my kid's baseball game and not have anxiety and be able to actually focus on the game and be supportive of uh, of the kids. Or I've been able to control my anger at home and now everything is more manageable. Um, You know, uh, myself, Mission 22 is what got me, uh, that saved me. I go, uh, went through a war detox program and then the endobiogeny and, you know, getting off all my medications and being able to function every day is, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, getting rid of the panic attacks and the hypervigilance and being able to, you know, be American and live the American dream and, Hearing that from multiple other people that I'm able to help out now um, and kind of speak to those veterans when they're going into the treatment. So it kind of helps going through the treatment myself to be able to better talk to them. So, yeah, quite a bit, quite a bit. It's it's pretty impacting. It, it really uh, puts a smile on my heart because the veterans, we hear somebody actually cares and somebody's actually doing something to help us out. Brad, I want, I guess what, um, I'm trying to, to figure out a way that, and you're probably better at this than I am because I'm a civilian. I, I do not know what it's like to be a veteran. Uh, we have a lot of veterans that listen to this program, but we also have a lot of civilians that are, are gun enthusiasts. How would you explain or shed some light on somebody who's not a veteran? Uh, how would you explain to them some of the things that those that have served our country go through? How would you put it in a perspective that maybe they can understand? Um, so I guess the biggest way to put it into, uh, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a combat vet. Um, you can be a veteran getting out of the service. So it's almost like when you get out, the transition is difficult because when you're in the service, you know when you're going to eat, you know where you're going to um, get that food from. Uh, you know, options are limited, and with those limited options, you can budget everything. So when you come back and in transition into the civilian aspect, you got all of these different things. So, you know, in the service, it matters if you work out. It matters if you get up. It matters if you do your job, like, all of this stuff matters for a higher purpose. So when you transition into the civilian world, finding that purpose all over again is is the toughest thing in the world to do because you don't necessarily know where you fit in or what you're supposed to do or where you're supposed to go and what matters and what doesn't matter. So the transition is huge. And with that being said, you know, we're less than 1% of the population so when we come out, there's not a whole lot of connection with other veterans in that mentality to kind of be that mentor to take you a particular way. Some some find it better than others. Some are, do it a lot better than others. But a lot of people have trouble finding that new purpose, which is higher than yourself. Brad, why why is this important uh, in our communities? Um 
are the current services that are available, whether through or, or through the government, are, are they failing our veterans? I mean, no, you can't necessarily put the blame anywhere. Um, you know, the VA is a good resource and it works for a lot of people, but you got to think you got veterans from many eras all coming in at once and there it's just not big enough. So, and then on top of that in the service, and this is just from my experience, you know, if you acknowledge you are having a, a problem or something else, you know, especially if you have clearance, you're risking that clearance being yanked from you and then getting your job changed or the stigma of other service members putting, oh, there's something wrong with, you know, there's something wrong with you. We don't have that same problem. So we kind of do it to ourselves a little bit. So necessarily like the stigma, which is huge that a, you shouldn't be here because you have a problem and B, you know, you should be mentally strong enough to handle this yourself. And that's part of the problem itself, because that was one of the hardest things I had to deal with was shame. Like I suffered in silence for so long because I was shameful that I had a problem and I didn't want anybody to know. So there's a lot of resources out there, um, but I don't think they're being utilized. And yeah, there definitely should be a, um, it's been such a long time, 2005, I got out there definitely should be some sort of transitioning and there may be one now, but at the time that I was in, I didn't really have a type of transition. So in a nutshell, I, I guess you could say that we kind of are failing each other. Okay. So Brad, if, if somebody's listening as a veteran and uh, they're, they're suffering in silence, as you said, um, what would you say to them uh, right now? If you had, if you had a moment to speak to them one-on-one -on -one, um, about your, either your experience or why it's important to get help. I would say there's no need to suffer in shame and it, it gets better and there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you're willing to reach the handout, we, we are more than willing to help and you're needed and your story needs to be told because you can help somebody else out as well. And you can be a leader in the community with your experience in the service, but it takes work but the work is well worth it and there's hope and there is light at the end of the tunnel and you're not alone. How would you like to see the mission 22 grow in the next five, 10 years? So continuing on with our treatment programs, I, um, you know, I'd like to see, um, you know, the endobiogeny definitely, uh, work in more people's lives. Uh, the veteran rehab project, it's, you know, it's in, just in Fayetteville, I'd like to see that grow outwards because there's a lot of healing going on there. You know, um, a, a, being a one-stop shop where a veteran can come to us and we're big enough that we can be like, okay, you need this and you need to go here and you need this and you need to go there because there's a ton of resources out there. 
and most of us don't even know about those resources. So if we can direct you in a particular way, that's going to best benefit you or the families because the families are huge in this. You know, they get secondary PTSD from this. So it's not just the veteran. It's the families. It's the spouses, the children, everything else, uh, the community that's around that veteran. So to see it all come together and have a one-stop shop so you don't have to research a million places. You don't have to fill out a million applications. It's just a one-stop shop, and you're in the system, and you can go where you need to go to get the right help. How how do you get help? If, if you're listening to this and you, you want to reach out, how do they get help? So you can go to our website, mission22.com, and fill out the uh, application there. Um, if you're in a crisis, uh, there's the crisis line, but there's also this great nonprofit, Vets for Warriors, and their number is 855-VET-TALK, and that's a nonprofit uh, operating uh, by veterans, for veterans, and for family members for one-on-one counseling and peer support uh, 24-7. And if you're a civilian, how can you help? If you're a civilian, uh, join our ambassadors, get involved with the ambassador programs. There's a lot of veterans with different stories and also civilians. Um, if you go to our website, mission22.com and fill out the ambassador, uh, application, you can become part of the uh, mission 22 family. And I don't say that lightly. It, it is a family and these people are taking care of each other within the communities and getting them to the help and resources now instead of later. Brad, if we want to reach out and get in touch with you or Mission 22, how can we make that happen? Just go to our website, mission22.com, and there's um, all types of different uh, questions. we got different folks uh, handling different areas, so any question uh, whatsoever you can ask us there. Or if you want to send us a uh, private message on our Mission 22 Facebook page or uh, Instagram, we're there as well. Brad Hubbard, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.